Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. My name is Pete Werner. I am your host, joined at the table this week by the usual suspects, Mr. Sean Falk. Hi. And Mr. Steve Porter. Hello. And um, for this episode, we're doing something a little different. Um, Since Thanksgiving is just around the corner, we thought we would share our favorite uh, Disney or Disney-inspired recipes that would make a nice addition to your Thanksgiving dinner. Now, don't worry. We are going to include uh, links to all these recipes on our show notes page. Just head over to disunplugged.com and uh, check out the show notes for the best, or I'm sorry, for the Disney Dining Show. I lose track of the shows that I do. Uh, Just click the link for the Disney Dining Show, and under this week's episode, you'll find links to check out all of these all of these recipes. So we're going to get started. Uh, number three for me, because I have three, Steve has three, Sean has two, but not because he's lazy. In fact, he put more effort into this than the rest of us did, But and you'll understand why as we go on. But number three for me um, is one that I just made recently for the first time. It's the mac and cheese from Gico at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. <coughs> um it's it's not it's not a difficult dish to do if you're even mildly experienced with cooking. Timing is kind of important on this. The ingredients: butter, flour, um, two and a half cups of whole milk, um, eight ounces of shredded Italian four cheese blend. So you're looking for something like um, a blend of mozzarella, Asiago, Fontina, and provolone. Um, but any four or five cheese will do. Um, a quarter teaspoon of, of coarse salt, uh, some ground black pepper, and a pound of elbow macaroni. And there's a timing to this. You know, when you create the roux, you're creating the roux for this, uh, for the base of it, using uh, flour and butter um, in a pan. So you got to be careful not to burn, burn that mixture. Otherwise, it's going to screw the whole thing up. Um, and then you got to sit there and you got to add the, when you add the, the milk, you got to stir it and, you know, you got to keep stirring it constantly until it starts to thicken. Then you add the cheese. Um, so, in in all, all in all, it took about thirty five minutes to do this dish. Um, but it is a dish that really should not be done in advance. See, I like so I like to have some dishes that I can do the night before because I usually cook a big Thanksgiving meal and the day of. The last thing you want to be doing is. So if you have the time, this is a great dish. Um, I only ever had this um, when it's uh, the bed underneath the filet mm-hmm. that they do. And then they put the red wine reduction over it. So I've only ever had this mac and cheese when it has red wine reduction on it. I didn't realize it's a very mild mac and cheese. It's mm. delicious, but it's mild. It's not... So I went ahead and I added... Like, because I wanted to give it a little bit more punch. Mm-hmm. So I added a decent amount of uh, grated Parmesan cheese to it mm. and kind of melted that into it. And, you know, also the pepper helps. Pepper right. helps kind of give it some some kick. Otherwise, you know, it's it's designed to be a bed underneath. You know, it doesn't want to, you don't, it doesn't want to take away from the flavor of the filet or certainly the, mm-hmm. the, the red wine reduction. So it's designed to be a more mild. So if you like a mild mac and cheese, it's delicious. I, I mean, family really enjoyed it when I made it. But that is my number three. What about you, Steve? 
Okay, well, I've never made this because I'm not a great cook um, or baker. Isn't that why you got married? Well, like, she's a lot better throw, than I am. Throw a sure. recipe at her and say, make this. Well, maybe I will with this one. because That's how it works. In she's actually house. really good at cooking, so maybe I will with this one. But I, we recently experienced uh, chip sticky bun bake from oh. uh, Garden Grill, and we all loved it. So I was like... I wonder if there's I wonder if there's the recipe out there, and it's not really a traditional Thanksgiving thing. But I figured if you wanted to mix it up for your Thanksgiving dessert, this is delicious, and it yields, that was amazing. It yields up to six to eight people. You're probably going to want to make two just because they're so good. And one for you, one for everyone else. Yeah. Right. Um, so it is a little bit more confusing than I thought it was, but I'll I'll go through. So uh, there's three basically main. Uh, parts to this. There's a cinnamon smear, there's a sweet cinnamon dough, and there's the icing. So for the cinnamon smear, it's one and one-fourth cup of margarine softened, uh, two teaspoons of cinnamon, uh, two and one-fourth cup of brown sugar, and two eggs. That's for the Two cinnamon. and a quarter cups of brown sugar, just in the smear. Yeah. Uh, so then for the sweet cinnamon dough, there's one cup of milk, uh, two ounces, or two, uh, two-third ounces of cake yeast crumbled mm. don't know what that means but this recipe is on disney parks blog so go check it out i'll put the link maybe we could put the links in there um a uh, quarter of a cup of sugar a half a cup of butter softened a pinch of salt one teaspoon of cinnamon three cups of flour bread or bread flour and two room temperature eggs and then for the icing it is one tablespoon of milk one and one half cup of confectionery sugar Four tablespoons of butter, softened, and one teaspoon of vanilla extract. Okay, folks, we're up to about a pound of sugar. Yeah. You can see why it tastes in one yeah. one bun. I mean, they're big. They're but, big. Yeah, buns. they are big. But yes, it's I mean, just buy the whole baking aisle, <laughs> and you're pretty set. You so. could probably like get the industrial Costco or BJ's uh, pack of cinnamon. Oh yeah, for this. God. Um, anyways, for the cinnamon smear, you're going to um, cream together margarine, cinnamon, and brown sugar. Um, and then step two, you're going to add eggs one at a time, scraping the bowl after adding each egg to mix well and, pl- and then place in the refrigerator. So kind of just crack an egg, kind of mix it up, and then crack the next egg, move on. And then you put that in the refrigerator. Uh, for the sweet cinnamon dough, you're going to heat milk, heat milk to a small sauce at 90 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, then remove from heat. This is complicated. Yeah. Uh, But it's delicious, so I think it's worth it. If you have someone that's... Well, you're not the one that has to cook it. Right. I'm not the one one that's making it, so uh, this is on you guys. Uh, Add cake yeast, uh, and then whisk until dissolved, set aside. Then mix sugar, butter, salt, cinnamon, eggs, flour, and a large bowl until smooth. Then step three. We're going to have to go through like every step in the recipe. Just kind of like what's in it and what's kind of in, you know. Yeah. So basically you're mixing this together, kneading it together. Because if we have to go for every every ingredient, we're going to be here for a month and a half with Charles. Okay. And this was not, this is way longer than I thought it was. Um, It's basically you're kneading it together, baking it. It is really delicious. There are separate parts, parts it seems like here. This is not just something that you can get the frosting from the bakery aisle. This is intensive um, but it's so good that I think it's worth it if you know someone that's an expert baker. And this might be something, again, that you could make the night before, the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, the baking process for Thanksgiving really begins like two days ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So I start doing things that I know are fine to like, will we'll keep and still taste good on yeah. Thanksgiving Day. 
Well, and you could save from putting the icing or maybe the cinnamon smear on until to maybe heat it, warm it back up with the cinnamon smear or whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. So, All right. Now, and that kind of parlays into my, uh, my number two uh, item. Um, again, I like dishes that are quick and easy but taste – you get mm. like, wow, this is really good. I mean, that's the ultimate payoff, right? Especially Thanksgiving, because if you're cooking Thanksgiving dinner, uh, now, you know, I think like a, um, I have to remember too, a recipe like that, if you're bringing something to Thanksgiving dinner, then you can invest time in doing that. If you're the primary cook for Thanksgiving and you're like me, you're looking at that recipe going, oh, hell no. Yeah. I am not spending that <laughs> I've never cooked time. Thanksgiving dinner, so maybe I um, was not the right person so, for this. Well, no, no, no. No, that's, no I'm saying, no, like, but for, I think for a lot of people, yeah. You know they're they're mm-hmm. going to, they're going somewhere for Thanksgiving and they want to bring something. Right. They want to bring something right. special. Right. That's a nice way to do it. True. But if you're the one cooking the meal, then um, the cranberry relish from Liberty Tree Tavern. When you go to have uh, the meal at Liberty Tree Tavern, which is you know pretty much a Thanksgiving meal. It's mm-hmm. got you know stuffing and uh, turkey and ham and things like that. I tasted this cranberry relish, and I'm like, because I love cranberry sauce. I don't like it out of a can. I like it fresh. And I know not everybody does. Not everybody's a big cranberry fan. This stuff is so good. And not only is it good on your plate on Thanksgiving, it is so good on your sandwich with the leftovers the day after. Um, This is very simple. A bag of cranberries. Um... The recipe calls for a 12-ounce jar of orange marmalade. I cut that in half. I found it way too sweet Mm -hmm. with a full jar of the orange marmalade. Um, A teaspoon of cinnamon, three-quarters of a cup of brown sugar, some kosher salt, and some pepper to taste. And then with a stick blender, um, you literally just put all of these things in a bowl, and with a stick blender, you grind it up. And you kind of get it's a it's a chunky it's more of a chunky relish. You got little, you know nice little chunks of cranberry in there. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the you know, put it in a serving bowl. Throw it in the refrigerator. Cover it. Throw it in the refrigerator, and you're done. You're done. There's no cooking. There's no boiling anything. There's no nothing, and it's absolutely delicious. And it takes. I can make this. I, I can make this in ten minutes. Um, and it's unique. It's got a great flavor profile to it. The cinnamon really adds something to it. That's what got me when I first tasted it, mm-hmm. was the cinnamon in it. Um, you can you know, be a little creative and maybe throw a little nutmeg in there or something. Uh, any of those fall flavors go mm-hmm. really well with this. Um, but it is, it's incredibly easy to make. So that's um, my number two. Let's come over to you, Sean. All right. Your number two. Uh, my number two actually is uh, churros from Disney. I don't feel like, I mean, everyone likes churros. I just don't think it's something people really make at home that often. And it takes all of seven minutes to make churros. And honestly, you can make really? them way better than Disney. So I don't care for Disney's churros that much. They're way better when you make them at home. So um, you'll just have like a small saucepan and put it on the stovetop. Um, and so you have to mix a cup of water, two and a half tablespoons of sugar, and uh, two and a half a teaspoon of salt together, and 
two tablespoons of vegetable oil. And so just bring all that to a boil. And meanwhile, you're going to kind of roll, like mix it in flour and you'll put it in piping bags and literally just pipe it right into the the grease or whatever the oil that you have frying up on the stove. So once it's kind of, that's how it gets that star shape. It's literally just the end of the piping bag. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just the end of the piping bag. And uh, so whenever they're nice and fried up, you'll take it out and put it in a uh, mix of, you'll take sugar and cinnamon and kind of like put it out on a plate and just roll it around in the sugar and cinnamon. That is simple, isn't it? What sticks, sticks, and that's what you eat. So, or whatever, and literally you're done that quick. So that's how easy churros are. And um, you can even make like, some sauces if you want like raspberry or chocolate sauce in a cup or you know dulce de leche nice or whatever yeah whatever you'd want to nice put really in you know it, you got a pretty easy even snack like beyond thanksgiving for kids kind of thing so after school snack that's a pretty quick uh thing to do if you want it to be like disney you can leave it out for like two hours and let it stale a bit and then eat it so <laughs> and then have a really authentic a wow one. so wow Try it at home. It's way better. So, <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Steve, what's on your number two? Okay. I have the clam chowder from Liberty Tree Tavern. I think it's also at um, Columbia Harbor House is the same clam chowder as well. Um, but, yeah, I won't read the whole thing like I did last time. But, essentially, you're going to need uh, salad oil, celery, a cup of onions, uh, flour, clam juice, milk, uh, potatoes, chopped clams, salt, um, and white pepper and ground thyme. Is that how to pronounce it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and basically, you're going to make a roux with flour and um, this, like a couple of the other ingredients. And then you're going to mix it together with in a separate pot with the clam juice and the milk that are going to simmer together. Um, you combine those two and then you add the, the potatoes and the clams um, to season the soup. And then you let it simmer for 20 minutes. Um, and then. It can it says you can make this up to three days in advance. So that's the thing that stuck out for me because of what you had mentioned earlier with you're trying to make something early for Thanksgiving. So you can make this three days in advance, and then it says you can just kind of reheat it when you need mm-hmm. to use it. So that's kind of what stuck out for me as a Thanksgiving idea. Well, yeah, and like I said, when you're cooking, when you're the primary cook of the meal, you really are trying because, you know, depending, like I, I normally – I don't know. I'll feed anywhere from 12 to 20 people on Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, you know, I, I, I have to time everything. I want everything to come out hot. So mm. I'm trying to time everything. And um, it's a lot easier to time out, you know, when can I reheat something mm-hmm. versus when do I have to start cooking something mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving Day. On Thanksgiving Day, I really just like it to be like the turkey and a couple other things that need to be cooked that day. Um, I've also employed now because I have a I have a double oven mm-hmm. in the kitchen, but that's not enough um, for me. So I got one of those um, countertop ovens, and I actually cooked a couple of turkey breasts in it yesterday, and it came out awesome. Hmm. So it kind of gives me because this thing will hold like a twenty four ounce or twenty four pound bird. Oh wow! Um, so it kind of gives me a third oven to use on on Thanksgiving Day, but I also. Because I'm insane, I, I go nuts with Thanksgiving. So, all right. So, oh, sorry. My number one. I I've done this the last couple of Thanksgivings, and it's always a hit. Um, and again, so easy to make. The uh, cornbread 
from Trails End mm-hmm. uh, at Fort Wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, that that cornbread is legendary. And the first time I made this, I, f- I thought to myself, I must have done something wrong before I actually tasted it. I must have done something wrong because this was too easy. Right. This was too quick. Again, cornmeal, sugar, salt, baking powder, flour, vegetable oil, milk, and eggs. Things, generally speaking, you'll have in your house at any given point in time. Um, it's really just about blending the dry ingredients in one bowl, the wet ingredients, or because Rhino's in the back of the room, the moist ingredients in another bowl. Um, and then just you know slowly incorporating them. Uh, just until they're mixed, you don't have to go crazy. You don't want to go crazy. You just want to blend them together till it's all mixed. And then in a nine by thirteen inch baking pan, uh, you spray some nonstick, some Pam nonstick, in there. Pour the batter in, bake in a preheated oven at three hundred and seventy five degrees for twenty to twenty five minutes, and you are done. And it is so 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 good. Now, this is a, <clears throat> I guess what is referred to as a northern. northern Cornbread, so it's a sweeter cornbread, which I prefer being from the north, um, as opposed to the southern cornbread, which tends to be more, I don't know, crappy, um, <laughs> no, cakey, Crape, yeah. not quite as not quite as sweet and kind of cakey and yeah, no, I mean I I grew up in the south, but I actually do prefer the northern cornbread, but I like sugary sweet stuff by comparison to like salty savory type things but i mean even with this kind of thing it's easy to like you know with the northern kind you can kind of throw in walnuts even or whatever like to make it even more of a thing give it some crunch and then like for the southern people add you know onions or jalapenos or green peppers or what you know different things like that. crazy stuff you people if they want to add into cornbread like you can see and i think i like i like my cornbread straight up straight up Uh um and this, based on my experience, I would, you know, at the most do this the night before. I wouldn't do it any earlier than that. Just make sure you wrap it up in saran wrap. You don't want this to dry out because really one of its great features is how moist. There's another word that Rhino loves. Uh, how moist it is. And um, so I'd wrap it in saran wrap if you're not going to do it that day. It can be done the night before. But I wouldn't let it sit too long. So uh, that's my number one. What about you? Steve? My number one is actually an alternative to my number two. It's a different soup. So if you don't <laughs> want the clam chowder, you're not a seafood person, um, I have the cheddar cheese soup, um, which is pretty iconic. People love the cheddar cheese soup. This is from La Cellier. Yes. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mention that. Uh, serves up to eight people. Um, you're going to need milk, bacon, butter, celery, onions, flour, chicken stock, uh, cheddar cheese, shredded cheddar cheese, uh, kosher salt, black pepper, Tabasco sauce, which I didn't know that, uh, Worcester sauce, Worcestershire sauce, sauce, yes, uh, and uh, twelve ounces of slightly warm ale. Um, so beer, beer, yes. Um, so yeah, you're just going to slowly heat milk and then add bacon, and uh, basically you can read the instructions online. Um, but this the, is another one again that it says you can as long as you don't bring it to a boil you can reheat this um it will break down if you bring it to a boil but it's another one again that i saw that was like all right here's another one that you can and and while this is not a um an overly difficult recipe to do um it does require timing and it does require some caveats like steve just pointed out not bringing it to a boil 
Um, so that means you really got to watch this and you got to make, you know, got to watch your heat while you're cooking it. So does involve a little bit of attention. Um, those are the recipes that scare the hell out of me. Cause I know, I know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a decent cook. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm great. I'm a de- I can, I, I can get, I know my way around a kitchen. Um, but there are certain recipes that I'm like, not too hard. <laughs> well, that's what I, I don't know. I've never cooked Thanksgiving. So, uh, uh, Thanksgiving Day meal, so I probably wasn't the person for this. I don't know. No, you're no. It's a great recipe, and yeah. I, you know, it's something you like. And now your wife knows this is what she has to make. <laughs> well. um, so, all right. Now, now we saved uh, we, we saved the most involved. Yeah. Um, and I have tasted these, um, and they were amazing. Sean brought them over last week. Let me because he tested out doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go ahead with your number one, Sean. Okay. Um, for my number one, I uh, figured I needed to kind of come up with my own concept. I don't – I'm not the biggest Thanksgiving fan. I, I don't really care for Thanksgiving food. Um, so – but I like dessert a lot. So um, – and I'm pretty hard on Disney about their desserts, and I don't think they overall make great desserts. And so I figured I better like – put up or shut up and outdo them (laughs) or whatever in this case um or stop talking crap about them so and then i did so i'm fine with that so um what i decided to do was uh make uh four different types of cupcakes it's honestly something you're gonna want to do like three days before thanksgiving Mm -hmm. this is involved or not even for thanksgiving like that like a week later and just be like okay this is like an extra thing getting ready for christmas or something that i've decided to do um so I want to do mine themed. So they are a uh, hundred acre woods themed. So one of them is going to be Winnie the Pooh. We got Piglet, Tigger and Eeyore, and there's going to be links to all of them. So, uh, I made up the recipes myself and, um, I did end up using, I did the first time I went through them, I made my own cake batter as well. Uh, the second run through, I did like the Betty Crocker instant bakes and they actually were better i thought they were more moist so i just well sorry they literally say it on the box i'm sorry it says no it's a normal word it's It's super moist rhino is rhino is abnormal (laughs) with his disdain of the words moist and damp and yeah literally the brand is betty crocker super moist cakes or whatever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the flavors on them. So, um, like, I want everyone to hashtag Rhino on Twitter with the hashtag Super Moist. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, so like our Winnie the Pooh one is going to have a yellow cake. Um, Piglet is going to have a vanilla cake. Um, Eeyore is going to be the chocolate fudge. And for Tigger, I actually did a variant of it. I did the chocolate fudge, but I added in espresso to it to kind of give it that Tigger energetic upliftingness here. And then where it really gets involved is all the different icings. Um, So, like, the links are also there. And, like, it's a breakdown of all of it. Um, so there's there's just a few things like as you're going through it, um, like the the Tigger one is going to have orange juice, orange zest, all those kind of things in it. To I mean, it's that was really very good. orange flavor. Like it's orange, like it is orange. It's espresso, and that's like that's what this thing tastes like. So, um, but it, it gets weird with like if you want to get the exact colors down. Um, I kind of put a little guide there on how to do some like food coloring a bit better if you want to get a you know that that tigger orange color and uh there's another one the uh winnie the pooh one is going to have a honey buttercream icing 
on top are actually a honey cream cheese. Oh, so uh, good. The honey, uh, for me, it was fine. I like honey flavor a lot, though. Um, but everyone who tried it, they were like, oh, like you could cut the the honey in half yeah. or whatever because it was like a little too much honey flavor. So, um, But on top of it is a spun sugar nest, which you may have seen on like cooking shows or whatever where they have like the – the razor thin looking sugar and it's kind of like swirled on top of it um that's a really difficult process i didn't i've never attempted it before and which was really impressive that you'd never done that before and it looked so cool it is very hard you will destroy your kitchen you'll destroy your hands because it gets like way over 300 degrees whenever you're doing it so and it's there's a lot of splashback on it so about like frying bacon on a stove like there is that like that element of it and it just like scalds your hands um anywhere it gets on it just hardens onto your countertops and everywhere else so i mean i probably spent an hour and a half cleaning like spun sugar off of things after i was done with this so it's i mean it's a process you really got to commit to this like all really all four of them are a complete like disaster of a process they taste great and they were well worth it at the end of the day because i was like these are really good cupcakes but just know before you go into it, before you even start like delving through recipes, like this is not something for people who aren't ready to invest some time into yeah. this thing. So you're going to want to put a couple, couple hours into this for sure. So to, for all four of them and like making different batches and stuff. So yeah, it, but I'll tell you, they were, they were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. Um, Hashtag amazing experience. Amazing, yeah. ex- it amazing experience. It was. Eating them was an amazing experience. <laughs> yeah, he ate all of them. There was none left at all. So well, he, they were good. Yeah, he I think that's why bite. you brought them. Yeah, no, no, no. I did. Yeah, no. He every every bite or whatever was gone from yeah, all, of, all yeah. the cupcakes. Yeah. So. I mean, I I the 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 Tigger one. I think. Arguably, was my favorite because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I love. But you're a huge coffee person. I love the the flavor of of the coffee in it, but it wasn't overpowering either. Right. It wasn't like, oh my god, there's so much coffee in this. Yeah, it was that 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 hint of it. Um, and see, I don't like coffee at all, but it, when I ate it, I was like, oh, I actually enjoy this. It yeah. has just a bit of like that bitterness, in yeah, it to like make it. But it's also it's also offset by that icing, mm-hmm. and so it was it was it was delicious. They were amazing. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea that you liked to bake. Yeah, um, cause he, you know, walks around saying, Oh, I can't cook. I can't cook. And then he comes back with these things. I can't like, cook, cook. I can bake. Like if you can, to me, bake, it's mathematical stuff more so than like cooking is from the heart and I don't have a heart. So I'd have math. I have a brain for math. Oh. That's it. So that's, wow. that's, that's where it is. So, okay. <laughs> And he'll be appearing on Broadway in The Wizard of Oz as the Cowardly yeah. Lion. Um, all right. So there you have it. Those are our picks for Disney and Disney-inspired recipes that might make a nice addition to your Thanksgiving table this year. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next week with another episode of The Disney Dining Show. Have a great week, everyone.